from MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And today is all about you and your kitchen. Today we don't have any guests. We don't have a particular topic because we want to hear from you and what is happening in your kitchen. We have a couple emails we are going to read from some listeners. And we're also going to catch up with Deborah and what's happening in her wonderful world. But we want to hear from you and everything you are cooking, eating, or maybe not so cooking in your kitchen. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman filling in for Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today is all about you and your kitchen. Today we don't have any guests. We don't have a particular topic, but we want to hear from you and what is happening in your kitchen. We have a couple emails we're going to read through. Also, we're going to catch up with our lovely host, Deborah Hunter, and see what's happening in her wonderful world. And as always, talk about what she brought us in this morning. But we want to hear from you and everything you are cooking, eating, or trying to cook. Maybe not cooking so well, a little charcoal burnt a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We want to hear about it. So give us a call this morning, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. And as always, um, Deborah Hunter, you're looking good this morning. Thank you so much, Java. I'm feeling fantastic. You're looking fantastic as well. And to my Monday morning man, Kevin Farrell, wherever you are in the world, I send you lots of hugs and kisses. I hope that you're feeling well and just know that I miss you this morning. Sometimes I wish this was like 20, let's say 2177 so we could send him <laughs> so we could send him what uh, he's missing this morning. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. he's always first in line. Well, he's always first in line. And believe it or not, Kevin is really uh, a lot of times an inspiration for my Monday meal, you know, because I want to make sure that my Monday morning man is always happy with breakfast. And so today I brought in two fantastic things that I know that Kevin would just absolutely love. Uh, One of them is a oven baked French toast with butterscotch. That you can smell as soon as you hit the door. Oh, gosh, this is so yummy. It's rich. It's wonderful. It's perfect for this time of year. And the other thing that I brought in is a breakfast casserole. It's a traditional southern breakfast casserole. Again, it's perfect for this time of year. And before I go any further, there's a little kid that I want to say good morning to. Yesterday, I had the privilege of meeting uh, just a wonderful little boy. His name is Alexander. I deemed him Alexander the Great. So if you're listening (laughs) this morning, hey, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I want to say good morning to Alexander and everybody who's tuned in this morning, because like I said, we want to hear from you. Uh, If you are doing something in your kitchen that you want us to know about, maybe you're cooking some breakfast right now, need a little help. Miss uh, Deborah Hunter's here. I can uh, work my fingers as fast as they'll go on the Google. Uh, give us a call right now, one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two 
888-346-7464, or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. I'm going to have you break down the um, French toast because it's, it's, it's so everything. And also this, <laughs> this casserole, because I picked out the grits, which you can't see from the egg on the top. But let's go to the, um, we got some early callers on the line. Okay. Marsha uh, in Vicksburg is calling in. All right. And um, how you doing this morning, Marsha? Hey, good morning, Marsha. Happy Monday. Good morning, Marsha. How you doing? Fine. Uh, what's your question for uh, Miss uh, Deborah this morning? Okay, I'm about to make a cake that calls for self-rising flour. Mm-hmm. Now, I have some self-rising flour that I have kept in the refrigerator, and I don't remember the last time I've used it. Does self-rising flour lose its self-risingness, or is it still good to use? Well, um, just like anything, you know, uh, food uh, flour has a shelf life. So, you know, one of the things, you know, if if it's been in there for longer than uh, six months, I probably wouldn't use it uh, to make a cake. If you do, what you want to do is make sure that you sift it out really well. Go ahead and add a little uh, baking soda and salt right back into the formula to make sure that your cake rises really well. A lot of times people don't realize, Java, that flour, your baking sodas, your baking powders, um, and even uh, over a period of time, they will lose their ability to rise. So... um, I, I don't. I can't tell you how long it's been in the refrigerator, but if you've had, if you're not sure that it's been in there for longer than you know six months, please sift it out and then just go ahead and add a little bit of uh, um, baking powder and salt back into um, the flour itself. Does that help you out, Marsha, this morning? Yes, and and when I put some more in the refrigerator, I'll put a date on it. Absolutely. That's one of the things that, you know, I'm really conscious of. The other thing is there are some foods that really don't go in the refrigerator. Um, And flour is one of those things. You want to make sure that you always keep flour in a container, a glass jar or, you know, your grandmother had these flour jars in the container because what will happen is it's a yeast based product. And what what happens, the sugar will start to ferment in in that cold situation in the flour. So just make sure that you keep it at room temperature, even if you put it in a a cool uh, place under the cabinet. But you don't want to keep it in the refrigerator. Bread is one of those other things that you don't want to keep in the refrigerator. When you buy bread from the grocery store, either you want to uh, go ahead and use it, if you're going to put it in the refrigerator just for a couple of days, and then freeze it because the air will dry it out. The same thing with the flour, uh, Martha. Okay, well, that's been very helpful. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank, thank you for that call um, this morning, Marsha. And I, I sometimes, uh, when you go buy extra bread, you put it in the uh, freezer. So you catch it on sale and, you know, like you say, you don't put it in the refrigerator, but you go ahead and freeze it. It's absolutely perfect to put it in the freezer and freeze it, but you don't want to leave it in the refrigerator because that refrigerated air will dry that bread all the way out. And then when you get it out of the, um, when you get it out the freezer, you just let it, let it sit, right? Let it sit, room temperature, and uh, that bread will soften itself back out. And then you can go ahead and toast it or, you know, whatever. And it's also, I mean, I, I was... I'm a novice in the kitchen, and I was <laughs> and I was surprised that you could do it. And once you get it out, it's just like you know you just bought it from the store. <laughs> Absolutely, there are a lot of things that you shouldn't keep in the refrigerator. Tomatoes is one of those things um, because uh, it will lose its flavor. The refrigerator, if you if you notice, if you put a tomato in the refrigerator after a few days, mm-hmm. the color starts to change, the density of it starts to change. It loses its flavor. And the beautiful thing about cooking with tomatoes is you want that. 
pop of tomatoey flavor that we love. So onions is another thing that you don't want to keep in the refrigerator. You want to keep them in cool, dry spaces. And then we, um, we, I'm still going to get you to break down this uh, casserole, but we're going to go to another call so I can sneak another bite. Um, we got Latasha from uh, from Jackson on the line. How are you doing this morning, Latasha? Hey, Latasha. Good morning. Good morning. Um before I ask my question, I picked up my MPV license plate last week. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it looks very good. Um, if you don't have one out there, get you one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my question is, last night I was looking at Facebook, and there was a video where someone made bread in a slow cooker. They put the dough in the pan, then they put the pan in the slow cooker. And I think the video said to put it on low for three hours. Okay. And it and it actually came out brown on top and everything. I'm just wondering if you ever tried it or if, if you did, if you had any suggestions. Now, I've never used my slow cooker to cook bread, but I have seen some of the t- those tutorials, and, um, and they look absolutely fantastic. The thing that I love about uh, the idea of using the slow cooker is that you give that yeast a chance to rise, so your bread should rise even higher, and then you get this beautiful color right in your slow cooker. So I don't, I've never done it before. I, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of an old-fashioned girl. I love my oven. I still have cast iron skillets, and I whip everything by spoon. Even though, so I'm really truly a traditional Southern old-fashioned cook when it comes to the kitchen, I have uh, Latasha some of those uh, expensive blenders and all that yummy stuff at the house. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just something about for me, uh, just being able to put my hands on everything and doing things the old-fashioned way. So I'm yeah, a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, nothing wrong with that. That's fine. <laughs> thank you so much, and thank you for supporting Mississippi Public Broadcasting. No problem. Have a good one. You too. Yeah, we do want to thank Latasha for getting those uh, those tags. And if you did not know if you ordered an MPB tag, you can go ahead and uh, go pick those up at your local county clerk's office. Also, you can um, order one the next time your you know your tag is up for up for renewal. Now, before we go to our first break, um, this French toast I always knew you could do it in on the stove, but I didn't know you could do it in the oven. Oh yeah, this is really great, and especially for busy moms, you know, you want to serve your kids something really quick and easy while you're getting dressed, you know, because kids. Now wait a minute, you said busy moms. What about the busy dads? Well, you know, I love you, busy dads too. <laughs> I was not being biased, I promise. But, no, it's <laughs> But this is really just a traditional uh, blend for the French toast. Um, I literally used six eggs, Java. I used one can of uh, evaporated milk. I used a half a can of sweet condensed milk in place of adding sugars into it. And then I used a fourth a cup of maple syrup right into the mixture, okay? And we whipped that up really good. We added in a little bit of nutmeg, a pinch of salt, a little bit of butter right into the mixture. And then I cut my bread slices, which I used wheat bread this morning, into halves and soak them in there. And then I put them in a baking dish, poured all that yummy stuff on the top, put it in the oven and let it bake off for about 40 minutes and then about three minutes under the broiler. So you get this really crispy mm. edges that everybody loves. It's already sweet, so the kids don't need extra syrup. And then right at the end, I added in um, just a few chips of butterscotch just to give it that over butterscotch. edge. Butterscotch. That's over what the edge taste. Yes. And so it's really quick. It's really easy. It's really pretty. It look, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It looks good because with the brown of the toast and then those orange uh, yeah, it, chips on it. 
And it and it's, it's it really is reminiscent of this time of year. You know, the last couple of days here in Mississippi, you know, it's been a, a little cool, and we're really grateful for that. Um, and so it just for me, it's that season of being able to you know give a kid something other than cereal in the morning. And did you know that cereal Java literally is uh, seven thousand years before Christ? People were already eating cereal. Get eating, out of here. eating cereal. Yeah. So General Mills didn't have. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really amazing as I've been researching. Searching, you know, breakfast and, you know, the history of some things. Uh, so what happens is over 7,000 years ago, people were taking barley and they were uh, and other grains and they were taking them and, and breaking them down, grinding them out and then boiling them to make hot cereal. Oh, man. How amazing is that? That's that's very amazing. Uh, we're going to get into this amazing casserole mm-hmm. after we come from come from the break. So um, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to get to Mikey this in Mobile. So we have her on the line. And uh, if you want to join us, you can give us a call right now. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Listeners, today is all about you. We don't have a guest, not a particular topic. We just want to hear from you and know what you're cooking in your kitchen. Desserts, pastas, casseroles, um, barbecue, fried pickles, crepes. I don't know. Just let us know and uh, give us a call. one eight seven seven mpb ring or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Deep South Dining. I want to welcome you back to the show. I'm Java Chapman filling in for Kevin Farrell here with the lovely Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And this morning is all about you. So make sure you give us a call this morning. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I want to thank Mikey from Mobile for calling in. And um, we're going to appreciate you for holding for just a little more uh, time as Deborah break down this casserole. I pick out. And I mean, I don't have the <laughs> the sophisticated, the most sophisticated palate, but I I can see grits, mm-hmm. I can see corn, mm-hmm. um, the ooey gooey cheese, the eggs. What else we got? Uh, the only thing that you're missing is onion and sausage. That's uh-huh. it. Yeah, and, and I must uh, wolf down the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, it really is. This casserole is so simple, and it's a great way to serve what you're already going to serve for breakfast anyway, but you're just serving it in one dish. And basically, everything is pre-cooked before you put it into your casserole dish. And so I scramble these eggs. We've got uh, sausage that's been pre-cooked, seared it up. It's just some pork sausage from one of my favorite companies right here in Mississippi. And then we've got these yummy grits that are perfectly cooked. And one of the things that I love about uh, cooking grits is the creaminess that you get. And did you know that grits have fewer calories than oatmeal? It's really amazing. You know, oatmeal is really the star dish when people start talking about dieting and being more healthy. But uh, 
pound for pound, the grits literally have fewer calories than your oatmeal. And so one of the things that I do with my grits after they've been cooked down in this hot water with just a little bit of salt in it, right about the time that they're done, Java, I add just a tiny bit of butter and a little bit of milk right in to make it really creamy. We folded the corn right into the grit, allowed it to cool, and then we just layered everything out. It's a layer of cheese, a layer of sausage, a layer of onions, your grits, and then you just repeat it again until the cheese is on top. Place it in the oven for about 15 minutes. And again, right at the very end, because I like that beautiful look for the cheese, you want to hit that broiler for about two minutes. That's it. It's quick and easy. One dish on the table. Everybody's happy. It's beautiful. This works perfect for the kids or whether you're having a brunch with your girlfriends. I mean, it's just a great dish. Well, if you're bringing it into Deep South Dining on Monday morning <laughs> and then you got a line of uh, hungry MPBers uh, out in the hallway, uh, let's go to Mikey and Mobile who's called in this morning. Good morning, Mikey. How you doing? Hey, Mikey. Hey, always good, good morning, to hear from um, you. <laughs> we are we are so lucky. We are in that um, uh, instead of being the direct target this time. We are in the column, uh, but we have family and friends that are on both uh, the west and the east of the hurricane things, and that's what I'm uh, calling it about. Um, I would like to suggest hurricane food preparation. you got to have, you know, stuff to make it through it. Um, uh, boil whatever eggs you have. Go get whatever eggs you have. You can pickle some if you don't, but boil them. Power is going to go out. Um, dry whatever bread you have, and then you can use it as crostini. That's right, Mike. You want to um, make sure you do have food prep, and uh, we are thinking of those um, affected, especially by, um, by the hurricanes Harvey and, uh, and, and Irma this morning. So one of the things that I want to say, if you are in the way of the hurricane, we do not want you in the kitchen cooking. We want you to pack up your bags and get out of the way of danger. And for those that are further out, you're absolutely right, Mikey, because there are going to be people without power. And there are people now, lots of people in surrounding areas that are without power. And so one of the things that you can do, especially when you start to hear these warnings ahead of time, is in order to not lose some of the food that you have in the refrigerator, is to go ahead and pre-cook some of those items so you can have some food available to eat. But the thing that I suggest to people always is to just simply, uh, you know, please do us all a favor because we love you. Just simply get out of the way of the hurricane. Yeah, that is right. And uh, one one trick um, that I, you know, you see a lot of things on social media, but I, I think this was a good one where you take a, um, a, a plastic bowl and, and fill it with water and freeze it. And and you put um, a quarter on top of it. So when you come back from an affected area of the hurricane, if the quarter has been put into the water and refroze, you know that your power went out and that food may not be good um, in your refrigerator. Instead of coming back and you eating something, you know, you may have been gone for maybe just a couple of days, but you're eating something that has been spoiled. The refrigerator, you know, the power is still on, but you didn't know that it went off for, you know, a certain amount of time. 
Uh, well, absolutely. That, that That's one of the litmus tests that you can use. But if, if your refrigerator power has been down and your energy companies will usually allow you to know how long, you know, your energy has been off. If it's been off for more than 24 hours for some items, you cannot eat them. Uh, you know, you, you've got eggs, you've got chicken, you've got, you know, beef and stuff that you may have had in the freezer. And if that stuff is thawed, you don't want to take the chance of cross-contamination. Mm-hmm. So at all costs, uh, you know, you may have some some money that you lose in terms of food, but, you know, it's a lot better than uh, spending that money at the hospital later because you've picked up some kind of, you know, virus because you've eaten bad food. So don't take the risk. That's always what I say to people. Just simply don't take the risk. Even at home with me, uh, we, we had a caller call in earlier and she said she didn't know how, how long an item had been in the refrigerator. If you're not sure, it's always just better not to consume food that you're not sure of. Yeah, that is true. All right, let's go to um, Cornish in South Haven, who's called in. Um, how you doing um, this morning, Cornish? I'm doing fine, thank you. I uh, was going to actually say something. I wanted to ask a question and say something about um, the recipe that was uh, that was um, handed out earlier. Um, I, I will only but, let you uh, ask the question if you tell me where that lovely accent is from. Oh, I love it. (laughs) The Southern Caribbean, where Irmer decided to give us a pass this time. But but my heart goes out to those folks. And that's what I wanted to make a comment on. I mean, if you get a warning, and I'm a meteorologist by profession, retired United States Air Force 30 years and from the Weather Bureau, 25 years. Wonderful. Now, Now, if you get a warning that there is a hurricane bearing down on you, don't even stop to think about food. Get some MREs. Absolutely. They, 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 they don't taste as bad as the original sea ration, but even those I had to eat uh, at some point from 1972 through 2002, and, uh, well, it didn't kill me. But the MREs are even much better. Those, those guys at the Army uh, Food uh, Lab up in Natick, they do a wonderful job. They're doing things with food that I never thought you could... Uh, you could save uh, beyond, uh, you know, uh, a meal. Um, so that's what I think people ought to do. One of the most aggravating things now, even though I'm retired, the most aggravating thing I saw this weekend were people going ahead and deciding to worry about things like the lady that said she had a thousand-gallon tank of water in her boat and she's going to ride it out in the boat before the thousand-gallon tank would keep the boat in the water. And I'm saying, oh, this is nuts. <laughs> anyway... Um, what I have come out with is that I am diabetes prone. I, they say I have diabetes too. That means I can't eat the way I used to eat as a lad. I can't eat curried goat and rice anymore. Oh. I, can't eat, I can't eat any of those things that I grew up with. Um, this, uh, this past weekend, I was at one of the uh, very nice restaurants down in um, Tunica and uh, celebrating a birthday for uh, twins, seven years old. And um, for dessert, ordered a piece of pecan pie. When the pie came with a, with a scoop of ice cream, I thought I was going to indulge. But when the thing came, it was like two inches thick, the, 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 the pecan pie. And uh, the ice cream, and when I took a taste, it was so I couldn't eat it. So I'm wondering, with so many diabetics in the United States today, 
why is it there's not you don't defer to you know ingredients that uh, considers the diabetic and um, you know uh, give them a chance to feel they can participate in the culinary delights that are out there without sugar and stuff like that. I truly, truly appreciate um, your question, and and it's um, you know a very uh, serious question because there are, and of course here in the South, the constant concern about diabetes. And so, anytime there's a recipe introduced, the thing that I've always said to people, you know, is to consider your own health, to your own self, be true, and everybody has to be responsible for how they eat and what they eat. And any recipe that I give, there's going to always be substitutes, uh, Java. You may not be able to uh, use the sweet condensed milk. So instead of doing that, you may want to just, um, you know, use a little bit of whole milk, add in a little bit of Splendor or honey, you know, as a substitute, instead of adding in all of these rich, yummy, southern, deep south things that we use here. And, uh, and, and if if you know me, I'm a woman over 50, but I'm very, very concerned about my health. And so exercising is something that I talk about all the time. Eating in moderation, that's a responsibility for every human being to do and enjoying your whole life because your health really is very important at the end of the day. So any recipe that I've ever shared, there is going to always be the modified version of whatever that recipe is. And Cornish, we do thank you for bringing it up this morning. Um, and actually uh, kind of segueing into the next thing that I was going to say, you were talking about the uh, substitutes and with this uh, delicious uh, breakfast casserole we had this morning with the sausage. I've tried this. I um, know we're not supposed to just give out the, the product name, but uh, it's it's called Field Roast Sausage, and it's a vegetarian product. Mm-hmm. And I've been had this substituted in different meals, and I couldn't tell the difference. So for someone who they say is trying to go in the vegetarian or you know veganism type of uh, type of realm, I think that would have been a good substitute this morning just for your um, you know your breakfast casserole for somebody who didn't want the you know the sausage. Absolutely, you, you know you do have those tofu type products that give you that really yummy meaty taste uh, that you can use, and then you always you know have ground turkey and ground chicken. There's so many other options out there, but of course you know one of the things that I am and I am true to myself is I am a deep south southern cook uh that's what i do you know and so um I, I try to keep uh, and anybody that's following me on Facebook, whether it's on my personal page or, you know, at Cooking with Honey and Friends, what you'll see is there is taking what I do is take those things that we eat traditionally uh, as Southerners. And then I try to give it a very elegant spin to it. And some of those things are really cutting calories, maybe not as much sugar. Some of them are overindulged. But whatever you're doing uh, for yourself as an individual is always being responsible for your own body and what you eat and then eat everything in moderation. And for a person that has not had sugar in a long time and then you would taste something, it would appear to be overly sweet as well, Java. Oh, yeah, that's right. Same thing with salt with me. If I go to McDonald's, I know they put salt on those fries. Absolutely. Because <laughs> they don't cook with it. Uh, listeners, if you want to call in, join the conversation. We have some open phone lines. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be right back after the break with more Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
We want to welcome you back. This is Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. Java Chapman filling in for Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And we have a full slate of calls, but you can still get yours in. one 672 Let's start off in, let's see, Mary in Braxton. Good morning, Mary, and thank you for holding. Good morning. How are you folks? Good morning, Mary. So good to hear from you again. Uh, I have three little things that I want to suggest. Uh, going to the uh, uh, steps that you need to have for during a hurricane, I use uh, powdered milk. And it's, you can get a box of it that uh, makes 20 gallons, you know, 20 quarts, I don't know. Anyway, it makes uh, a lot of uh, for $15, and it doesn't go old. Uh, and another thing, are you all there? Yes, we're listening, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard the beat, so I wasn't sure. And uh, I, I like a, a, a quick uh, dish, a, a grits with uh, some cheddar cheese in it. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, that is that is good, Mary. Um, thank you for uh, calling this morning. Um, we got a full slate of calls, like I said, and um, everybody's kind of just want to be prepared. Um, you know, when it comes to this severe weather, I, th- I think you know. Um, again, you know, th- those things are necessary. But at the end of the day, for me, Java, you know, your life is more important than trying to figure out what you're going to eat or trying to save a piece of furniture or trying to save a house. Those things, you know, we can replace again. And it's also a great chance for those of us who may not be in harm's way to be excellent neighbors. You know, this it testifies of who we are in terms of hospitality and being Southerners, you know, and being people who are, um, you know, uh, full of love in our hearts is you want to be able to give to other people. This is a great time to show up and do that. You know, so you may have things in your pantry that you've had for a while. You want to drop them off at a local shelter, you know, uh, donate them to uh, Salvation Army or whatever organization you feel comfortable, you know, donating with. But again, my concern is, you know, I want to be able to see you after the storm is over with. So there's nothing worth uh, you not being here tomorrow. So take care of yourself. Grab what you can you know, and head to safety. And for the people who want to uh, get in their kitchen and do something, there's no better person to feed than somebody who's hungry. Somebody who's hungry. And again, you know, lo- loving uh, on our neighbors is, is what we are. You know, as Southerners, it's what being an American is all about. Let's just take care of each other. But I want people to get out of the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go to Kathleen and Osaka. How are you doing, Kathleen? I'm doing great this morning. Hey, nice and sweet breezy. lady. <laughs> it's not raining. <laughs> it's not raining. I'm so happy. It's not. I think we had rain almost every day for two months there. I'm just about to uh, grow mold <laughs> and declare myself a science experiment. <laughs> but I, I have to tell you about one, the most delicious breakfast I ever ate. And it was an Italian breakfast, believe it or not. It was uh, eggs, uh, soft over easy. On a like you call the crostini bread or crack uh, beef, uh, real beefy bread. In other words, a big thick bread. It had uh, Italian sausage, black olives, and they had take, taken a spoonful of marinara sauce and put it on top. I'm telling you, that was so super good. And it I'm was a, really good. I want to add was, to that conversation, Kathleen. Do you know the meal that you just described? Literally. 
from the Italians is thousands of years old. The, right. And it's, right. yeah, so it's one of my favorite uh, cultures to share with because it's full, it's full of spices and flavors and it's very robust food. But Italians have been eating like that for thousands of years. So, And they, they eat the little uh, small eggs on that. Um, I don't know if they're quail or whatever, but it would they would take literally a raw egg and saute the egg in the tomato sauce in that when they would do it. Wow. Oh, and what what they used in the eggs was um, onions, uh, celery, and believe it or not, sliced zucchini. So that's another way to get rid of your zucchini. (laughs) Absolutely. Kevin would love to hear that. (laughs) I, I have one more thing I want to ask for all these people that are, whether you're packing to go to a football game and how they have those uh, cookouts and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not in all that, but they do that. And uh, you can use the same techniques of preparing your foods as you would for home camp. Now, Timothy, I'm asking him to call in because he lives offline, off-grid, and tell us how he does it. Because you can get like a big uh, swimming pool for kids, those little round ones. Fill it up with water, put it in the shade, and actually cool down a lot of your things. You know, just just keep them cool, but not to bad spoilage. And, you know, they didn't have refrigeration before we found America. So how people were eating, you know. Oh, yeah, no, that's always true. I love to uh, think about that, uh, <laughs> Kathleen, is how did people do it before we got the things that we have and take for granted? <laughs> well, the... the- the re- you know, when I was in college, I wrote my thesis on the Ronco hot dogger and how <laughs> utterly useless it was because you'd have to fit it on the rod and said, put it in the pot. And you'd have to do this and do that, and you only have to plug it in. Well, it was, your hot dogs were coming out rainbow shaped. And I wrote the editor and I wrote the manufacturer and the producer of that product. I gave them all kinds of dickens. I said, how can you think that this is better than just boiling it or or holding it over the flame? It was just like, what did they call it, the brass bra on the bull? Totally unnecessary. <laughs> we thank you for your call this morning, Kathleen. Uh, that is that's true. You know, some people try to take it a little step further when you really don't need to. <laughs> well, you know, the, the beautiful thing about um, human ingenuity uh, is is that it literally is millions and millions of years old, and we. Um, even in modern times, we're still borrowing from some of the same cultural things that happened across the world millions of years ago, from uh, cast iron pots to boiling um, food in, you know, large churns, cast uh, clay ovens, uh, cooking in the ground. You know, we're still doing that. We just we just give it a, you know, a modern flair to it. But it's still the same technology. So um, once human beings figured out how to start a fire, it's been over with ever since. And that's that's absolutely true. Let's go to uh, Joey in Tremont, who's called in. Uh, Good morning, Joey. Hey, Joey. How are you all doing? Fantastic. How are you? Well, if it's even better, I'd have to pay taxes on it. (laughs) I love it. Oh, uh, I, I got uh, something to tell you that I've been doing for several years. I wanted some uh, cabbage rolls, and I didn't have any cabbage, but I had collards. Put them in collards. It's a lot better than cabbage. You've said a mouthful. Then I actually um, was at a friend's house, and it was the first time that I'd had uh, collard greens 
uh, rolled the same way, and it was just absolutely fantastic. What's a different spin on the taste? So, Joey, let me share with you what um, my friend did with the collars. Not only did they uh, roll the collars, but in the center, they literally had uh, sweet potatoes in the center. So they had braised up uh, some sweet potatoes with a little bit of brown sugar and some butter and a little bit of cinnamon. And they scooped a little bit of uh, the potato, and then they rolled the cabbage. And then they uh, created an egg wash, uh, dipped it in the egg wash, a little bit of flour, and fried it. And what's that called? It's a cabbage roll. That sounds plum yummy. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Southern right, cooking I'll at its make, best. Joey, always good to hear from I'll you, doll. room for somebody else. Uh, say a silent prayer for 911. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, oh, sir. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for calling in and bringing that up, uh, Joey. Yeah, today is uh, 9-11 um, on the calendar, and we always, absolutely. always will never forget. And uh, even on um, next, um, not next stop, Mississippi, which is which is a great program. But uh, now you're talking uh, with Marshall Ramsey is actually going to um, uh, dedicate today's episode to uh, 9-11. Today's my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Ron. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, you you guys were just talking about um, what the like the cabbage roll and the um, what was that collard? Yeah, being able to take the collard green because collard greens is a lot more dense than turnips. Of course, turnips are very soft, which happens to be one of my favorite greens to serve with cornbread. But uh, turnip leaf is a is a little bit more coarse, so it makes for a per- perfect roll. Just as a cabbage leaf is, you know, very coarse. Uh, which also lends to the ability to fold it and make this really beautiful roll out of it. And, uh, you know, and you can segue that into uh, great Southern vegan food. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say, because um, if you did not know, um, uh, we're here in the capital city, um, the Jackson metro area. And recently the mayor of Jackson um, accepted a, a vegan challenge from um, a former Baywatch beauty, uh, Pamela Anderson, of all people. And um, he brought some of his administrative staff uh, into it, and um, I think they participated. And one of the things was always, you know, trying to figure out what to eat when it comes to sticking to a vegan um, vegan diet. And what you just suggested was the cabbage roll or the, um, uh, what did you say? <laughs> You can use collard greens. Uh, okay, to the green the green yeah. roll, and that was uh, you know, that's that's all all vegetarian, all vegan, all all good vegetables that we should always eat. The beautiful thing about living in Mississippi, right in our very own backyard, there's almost every vegetable imaginable to try. Um, You know, we grow squash, we grow zucchinis, tomatoes, potatoes. There's no excuse, you know, for you to add tons and tons of fresh vegetables and fruit because we live right here. We have some of the most fertile ground in the world uh, to the point that other countries are even coming and leasing, you know, plots of land to grow things to send back to their countries. So Mississippi really is a wonderful, wonderful place to be able to live whatever kind of lifestyle you choose. The thing that I say to people, though, I, th- I think it was, you know, the, the disconnect sometimes is 
part of being healthy, Java, is not just what's in your plate, but what's in your spirit. And a lot of people don't understand your digestive system works based on love, joy, peace, happiness, loving somebody, having great relationships. All those things have an effect on uh, how your digestive system works and and your energy levels and your stress levels. All those things have to do with how you're going to process a meal at the end of the day. Traditionally, uh, you know, most people have gotten away from saying, you know, grace over food. But it was, you know, just releasing good energy in the air, being able to say thank you. And we've gotten as a society, we've gotten so far away from just even saying thank you to each other. So it's going back to a place of peace before you eat a meal. And then what you'll find is a lot of times you won't overeat. A lot of cravings that you have will just simply dissipate the more joy that you have. And I know that sounds crazy. It sounds like a weird giant, but your body as a human being, your mind, body and spirit. So a lot of times we're so busy focusing on food that I know people who are, you know, strictly vegetarians. They run 10 miles a day and they're still not healthy people. So you have to live. My philosophy is live your whole life. Don't make food the focus, you know, and a lot of times we focus so much on food because we're trying not to think about other things, you know, broken relationships. If there's somebody you need to say you sorry to, honey, say you're sorry. Get that out of your spirit so you can enjoy your life. And what I need to say to you right now, Deborah, is thank you. Thank you, Java. <laughs> thank you for being here and always. Uh, I, I love when you say they're living your whole life. Yeah, live That's, your whole life. And in Mississippi, live your whole delicious Mississippi life. Be happy right here in Mississippi. There you go. We're here with Deep South Dining. And if you want to join the uh, conversation, we have some open phone lines. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You never know. Deborah might send you a blessing or something. You just never know. <laughs> we'll be back with more Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. We're back here on MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman filling in for Deborah's regular Monday morning man, Kevin Farrell. (laughs) And we've been having a great conversation, and it has been including you. So don't be shy. Give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to food at MPB online. Go ahead. Speaking of Kevin Farrell, I, I want to say this. I, you know, we were just talking about saying thank you out loud. But Kevin has made the three years that I've been here absolutely amazing. And what a lot of people don't know about Kevin, you know, he's very serious, but he has this really soft, humorous side. And he has allowed me for three years to harass the crap out of him. <laughs> and, and I love him for that. And, you know, and uh, when you think about his talent and how huge he is, we're blessed to have him here in Mississippi. Because when you listen to his voice, it matches any national voice that you would here anywhere in this country and so to be able to sit here every Monday with him and to let him love on me I really appreciate that Kevin thank you so much oh yeah we do appreciate Kevin um, here at MPB Think Radio and um, I know our listeners do Um, he hosts uh, so many shows um, here and does so many things behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, every time that somebody comes around and they're like, "Who you know, who's who and who's this and who's that? I said, it's Kevin Farrell. He's been here a long time and it's a reason why. 
He's he's good. He's good at what he does. Now, speaking of uh, emails, and we were talking about the topic of veganism and just trying to eat fresh and a little healthy. And here at um, MPB Think Radio, you can send us an email at food at mpbonline.org. You want to share a recipe or just tell us what you're cooking. Um, we had an um, email come in and say, my family is vegan and we eat fresh veggies mostly. For a quick dinner, I chop up some zucchini mushrooms, and one or two other vegetables that I have on hand. I saute the vegetables for about five minutes, and then I sprinkle on some salt, pepper, and cumin. Mm-hmm. Cumin and voila. <laughs> we have veggie taco burritos. Also, mm-hmm. I microwave some rice since my friend told me how she does it. That rice comes out perfect every time. And then we talk with uh, avocado or guacamole, and you have dinner in about 20 minutes. And that sounds absolutely delicious. You know, and you were talking about earlier, you know, what substitutes can you use uh, for meat? One of the things that I love uh, to do is fry eggplant. And you can use a little bit of olive oil. You're going to slice that eggplant up into almost like a catfish steak size, really nice chunk. And then you're going to do an egg wash. You want to make sure you season it really well, a little bit of uh, salt. And for those who want to use sea salt, you know, I I like to use a little pink sea salt. It's absolutely wonderful taste. And then you want to, uh, once you season it really well and you put it in your egg wash, you can uh, do a flour and cornmeal mixture and then just seize it up and fry it. It tastes absolutely amazing. The bite in and of itself, you won't miss not having meat. Portobello mushrooms are a great way to create a nice burger. That's what I know. A lot of people do, um, like they say, you just cook it the same way you would cook, you know, a regular burger instead of the meat patty. You have a portobello mushroom patty. <laughs> you can you can either ground those uh, portobello the portobello mushrooms up, you know, to almost a meat like texture, or you can just again slice them really nice and sear them the same way you would the eggplant. Again, there are so many wonderful. Um, you know, ideas and reasons and foods here in Mississippi that we're not limited to just one idea. Southern soul food is not a new, um, you know, concept, but Southern vegan soul food is definitely not a, a new concept. You know, we from butter beans to corn to black eyed peas to, you know, whatever. now cooking them with the meat. That's where people get into with, you know, it's not really vegan or it's, you know, you're still getting that 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 meat into your diet. But, but you can can add in tons of flavor if you know if, if you choose to lose to, to be vegan without adding in those meat products you don't have to add in the sausage and the hams and all those kind of things if you choose not to even for the flavor for your, your absolutely, vegetables absolutely not it's it's really about for me I, I keep a lot of uh, fresh uh, peppers and onions uh, in the house you know I keep a lot of lemons in you know just other things to add those zesty, flavorful tastes that we want. So you're not limited to just one idea. Be creative. You, you know, everybody's taste palette is different, so you know what you like. But there are just so many other wonderful things. You know, again, keeping some onions and bell peppers. All those things will add wonderful flavor to, for instance, if you're, if you're making black eyed peas. I usually um, uh, will add in uh, java, some... Um, some bell peppers, and I'll sear these up, some bell peppers, some tomatoes, some onions, and then add those into your black-eyed peas for that just extra little bite of flavor. So you don't always have to have meat. I don't eat meat every day, even though I'm a carnivore. 
I love a big, fat, juicy hamburger. <laughs> and, oh, uh, thank you for bringing that up because um, we didn't have a live show uh, last Monday because it was Labor Day. Right. And I saw, because you, you're so active on Facebook, and I, and, I, <laughs> and I get mad that every day is not Monday because I can't get what you're cooking. But um, you made some burgers. Um, you were down at the Delta, the Senator's Place. Oh, Tell me about that. Oh, my gosh. So um, I love Senator Willie Simmons. He's a very dear friend of mine. And so, you know, back and forth, there's been this conversation about who makes the best burger. Mm -hmm. So I took some burgers down there. They were just absolutely uh, there's a video on my Facebook page where grown men stopped watching a football game and got into an argument over who ate the last burger. So, you know, that made me feel pretty good as a girl. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And like I say, we were here talking, um, you know, veganism and and vegetarianism. But sometimes you just I know over the also over the Labor Day weekend, my uh, father Father, he <laughs> made some uh, some barbecue, and uh, he had some ribs that were just falling off the bone. And I was saying, well, everybody's trying to make these healthy choices, but if you get a taste of these ribs, you're going to rethink everything. I don't. <laughs> see, see, I, I want to stop again, Java, and qualify because you know it's the what's healthy and what's not. And and again, I'm going to always say because we are human beings, your mind, body, and spirit. Your body is a living, breathing machine, and it's fuel that keeps it healthy and it keeps it functioning. 99.9.9% of that job is your thought process. If you are unhappy when you start to eat a meal, this has been proven, you have a greater chances of having uh, indigestion minutes after you start eating if you're stressed or depressed. So, you know, again, my conversation is, Live your whole life. Stop making food the enemy. Stop and check yourself sometimes. You know, you know, are, am I really in a loving space? Those things are important to who we are as human beings. So when we sit down to eat a meal, you know, your, your body has to digest this. Your brain is processing. Your whole body is engaged when you're eating. So, you know, where am I? You know, as a human being, what kind of relationships and, and who you're eating with? believe it or not, can affect your health the very moment you take the first bite of food. If you're looking across at somebody that you absolutely do not like, it has an effect on your digestive tract. So just remember to live your whole life. And even if you're so the next time you're out with your, I just say your girlfriends and you are uh, (laughs) having that that hot gossip and you look up and say, where did all the wings go? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's because who you're eating with. Well, just try to stay away from the gossip. That's my rule. But, you know, it's it's like learning to enjoy your whole life so that food does not become your enemy. Because what we're always, most of the time, we're always looking for something and somebody else to blame. You know, so it's like learning to, um, you know, part of being Southern, you know, growing up, it, it was always the spirit of hospitality. My grandmother, you know, be nice, be kind, show love, you know, and be that for yourself. So then when you're eating a meal, Java... You know, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you for uh, listening this uh, morning. This has been Deep South Dining, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by myself and our board operator was Michelle McAdoo. I don't know who our call screener was. 
Michelle McAdoo Michelle. Pulling, double, pulling double duty <laughs> uh, For Deborah Hunter I'm Java Chapman uh, Filling in for Kevin Farrell Stay tuned for Now You're Talking With Marshall Ramsey Also at Southern Remedy uh, Healthy and Fit Coming up at 11 And make sure you join us Next Monday at 9 o'clock For Deep South Dining Only on MPB Think Radio